leftovers. Or the DMV. Or house cleaning. Or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Long ball is going to go for a touchdown. The game's over. Webster Slaughter. Hello Cleveland, welcome to the 1085 Gridiron Podcast, I am your host Andrew Jokey, uh, as always I got my co-host Jack McCurry with you, or with me, or with us tonight, uh, I would ask how you're feeling, but after what we just watched, I can take a pretty good guess at uh, how you're doing tonight. Yeah, uh, about a half hour I turned 27 as of this recording, and I am not going to let this bur- this game ruin my birthday. Uh, the Browns have uh, lost a lot uh, around my birthday, so definitely not going to let this one uh, ruin it. Well, I guess that's one positive for me with my being a March. Uh, I never have to worry about the Browns losing on my birthday, but uh, I guess that's the only positive that will be mentioned on this podcast is uh, happy, happy birthday and... Uh, uh, unfortunately, we have to celebrate your birthday by talking about a 31-3 loss uh, for the Cleveland Browns to the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. We are going to do our best to uh, recap this game and talk about uh, a performance that was really, really underwhelming for the Browns uh, coming into uh, the game tonight. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers had two weeks to prepare and it, it sure looked like that they figured everything out early on. Uh, Rita uh, exploded for an 83-yard touchdown uh, on their first play from scrimmage. And, Jack, from there on out, it was all downhill. Yeah, I mean, they set the tone early. And, you know, the Browns, you know, they came out, they won the toss, and they decided to go with the ball first, which, um, you know, I think that's a rookie coaching mistake. And, you know, I'm sure Kitchens will learn from that. And, you know, it looked promising at first. You know, they threw out a trick play. Beckham completed a 20-yard pass, and it, it just quickly went downhill from there. As soon as the Niners got the ball, you know, Shanahan's known for that zone uh, blocking. And, you know, Kyle Jusick, who we'll talk about quite often in this, you know, he was the X factor on that Niners offense. They lined him up as a second tight end. And he was able to open up lanes for the Niners running game. And Brita and Coleman and Mozart, like, they attacked it. And the Niners just took the ball and ran it down the Browns' throat and right from the onset of the game. And it just spelled a disaster. And, you know, the Browns weren't able to recover from it, unfortunately. Well, what happened on, on that touchdown uh, play, uh, the, that first one, the 83-yard from, from Brita? Why did that happen? 
like I said, Jusic was uh, uh, lined up as a second tight end. Uh, they had one wide receiver lined out left, and you know, hit the receiver and Jusic were able to open up a hole, and Brita, you know, turned the Jets on and was gone. He actually, his speed recorded was faster than Chubb's 88 yard touchdown last week. Chubb's was at 21.9. Uh, they said on the broadcast that Brita was clocked at 22.3 miles per hour. So, you know, as soon as the hole opened up, Brita turned on the Jets and, you know, the Browns defense wasn't able to catch him. And, you know, they, they weren't able to catch up to the 49ers run game all night. Uh, they finished with 275 yards on the ground. Uh, you know, I, I know Yushek was a big part of this, but uh, why uh, were the 49ers so successful in running the ball all day long? You know, much like the Browns were last week, they run a lot. They ran a lot of twelve personnel with double tight end sets, and Uzcheck was essentially the second tight end. Um, you know, and we talked about how Joe Staley wasn't in at left tackle, and they had a six round pick there in a school. But you know, they were able to, you know, match up and uh, clear up that glare on the left side with the double tight end sets and the, and the twelve personnel and. Uh, it just seems that they were more physical and they showed it. You know, they have a solid offensive line and they were able to prepare for that these last two weeks, like you said, you know, losing Staley and they had to insert a rookie. But, you know, they have talent all on that offensive front and in the backfield. And they were able to uh, come in, punch the Browns right in the face, and the Browns weren't able to counter that. You know, they tried uh, and there was moments where the Browns would get into a, a flow and offensively and they just couldn't uh they couldn't capitalize on it they kept shooting themselves in the foot and that was unfortunate and uh the 49ers just kept punching and the browns weren't able to uh deliver a counter yeah you know you know shooting themselves in the foot is kind of where we'll head next you know they uh baker had an interception on the first drive uh you know later uh they had a strip sack uh, for for uh, fumble that the 49ers were able to recover, and then close to halftime, uh, the Browns were driving. Uh, Baker hit Antonio Callaway right in the hands uh, for a ball that should have been caught for a touchdown, but instead uh, the ball popped up in the air and it was picked off by the 49ers defense. You know, at that point, that would have made the game 14-10, uh, pending the extra point. Uh, but, uh, you know, the 49ers were able to take their next drive and go all the way down and, and score another touchdown uh, to make it 21-3. to You know, if the Browns score there, uh, you're probably looking at, at a dogfight the rest of the game, but uh, that game was over the, the second that ball uh, was picked off by the 49ers. Yeah, let's go back to the first interception. It was, you know, uh, Brita threw the touchdown, so the Browns get the ball back, or ran for the touchdown, so the Browns get the ball back. And, you know, Baker got pressured, rolled to the right, as we've seen time and time early on this season. And he tries to throw it to Callaway. He underthrew it, and Richard Sherman was right there. Um, you know, if Baker would have put a little bit more air on the ball, Callaway probably could have caught it, and the Browns would have been able to move, but uh, he didn't. Sherman picked it off, and then you talk about the strip sack, like that 49ers defensive front brought it all night long. We talked about it in our uh, episodes leading up to the game. 
just how talented that defensive front was. And I know people are going to say that the offensive line struggled. Yeah, they did. But I don't think any offensive line in the league uh, can contain that defensive front for four quarters. Um, If you want to argue with me on that, go ahead. Hit me up on Twitter. We'll have that argument. But, you know, they were able to bring it all night long. Boza, Armstead, Buckner, Thomas, D4, those guys – pressured Baker made him completely uncomfortable all night and you could see it in the performance um as for the other interception yeah Callaway should have caught that and you know that was one of his downsides in his scouting report he's not a consistent catcher there's no uh if ands or buts about it and Callaway was like that last year as well and yeah is he rusty I'm sure he is he hasn't played football in uh a couple months even going back to last season because he was injured during uh, training camp but you got to catch that ball there was no one around him and that should have been a touchdown and it just juggled off the hands and that right there just sealed the fate of the browns on that play alone and uh you know unfortunately it sealed the fate of callaway for this game too he got benched afterwards as well so um that's going to be a story too is uh what's next for callaway and um because he's not very uh popular among the fans, and I wouldn't uh, be surprised if he's very popular in the locker room right now. You know, is that the head coaching error? You have a guy coming off uh, a four-game suspension. Uh, he rejoins the team this week. Is he really in game shape to be uh, utilized in the role that he was tonight? You know, you mentioned the, the first interception for Baker Mayfield where he underthrew him. That's not on Callaway. But, uh, you know, clearly this second one was and dropping the football. Is this on the, the coaching staff for maybe jumping the gun a little bit early on him and getting him out there? When maybe, you know, Damian Ratley or, um, you know, uh, like Juwan, what's Juwan's last name? Because I am blanking so hard right Taylor. now. Juwan Taylor. Juwan Taylor. Um, you know, could be better options with guys that have played in this offense for the last four weeks. Yeah, I mean, you, you can say that. Um, you know, Callaway practiced all last week with the team. I'm, th- I'm pretty sure he's a full participant. I never see anything about him being limited. Uh, I would have gave the majority of the reps to Ratley just because he's got more uh, timing down with this offense so far through four games. I would have eased Callaway back in. Uh, but I mean, was it a mistake on kitchens? Yeah. He's a rookie head coach, but, uh, and I don't know how long you can make that excuse for him anymore with all this talent, but yeah, maybe they did jump the gun on Callaway, but he only had two targets and he didn't play the rest of the second half. He was throwing a temper tantrum on the sideline. Cameras caught it. And, uh, I think somebody must've caught it cause he didn't play hardly at all the rest of the game. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Callaway. Obviously, he's on thin ice as it is because of his off-the-field issues. Um, if he's going to be throwing temper tantrums, uh, his time in Cleveland will not be very long, that's that's for sure. You know, we know uh, the Browns' offensive line has not uh, been the greatest uh, this season in terms of pass protection. But, you know, when you have – DeForest Buckner and Joey Bosa, or uh, Nick Bosa on the other side, uh, who had two sacks, five quarterback hits, and a forced fumble, um, and uh, 
DeForest Buckner had a, a sack and a forced fumble as well. Um, you know, obviously those are, are two guys uh, that are definitely a handful. Um, you, know, you mentioned those guys being able to line up against any old line and getting to the quarterback. Is there anything uh, the Browns should have done differently in terms of trying to give Baker a little extra time, uh, whether it be utilizing uh, the, the screen game or utilizing tight ends to uh, block these guys? I, I know uh, one of Bosa's uh, first sack uh, in this game came on a play where uh, he was lined up uh, across from Demetrius Harris, and Harris attempted to I use that term loosely, attempted to, to block him, but that did uh, not go very well and ended up for a sack for Bosa. Um, should they have done anything different schematically in, in trying to protect Baker and uh, utilizing different ways to get the ball out quicker against a defensive front that is really talented? Yeah, see, I didn't think they they did that properly. I don't think that they got the ball out quicker. Um personnel wise they were running 12 personnel early in the game they had brown and harris out there um but i just think with as talented as that defensive front was like i said just a few moments ago i don't think that regardless of the personnel you throw out there that you can stop the array of talent that's on that defensive front uh baker only got sacked four times surprisingly so he did get the ball out at some points but uh, I'm interested to see just because I don't have the stat how many times he got hit. I know Nick Bosa hit him at least five times. So, uh, you know, they made Baker feel very uncomfortable all night. And, you know, it just caused problems. Now, <clears throat> we know that the tackles aren't the best. Uh, the interior offensive line got dominated, too. You could see it. Batonio got tossed around by Bosa a couple times. Um, you know, maybe they could have gotten the ball out quicker. Maybe they could have utilized the screen game. They did utilize it a couple times, and Chubb was able to gain some yardage. But like I said, it they the 49ers defense is just too talented, and I think you know the Browns finally met their match uh, on that side of the ball. I'm going to let you go off uh, on a little tangent here because uh, obviously anytime uh, the tackles are not performing well, uh, as soon as you know, Greg Robinson gives up a sack or, or Hubbard gives up one, you immediately see say somebody say trade for Trent Williams. You want to go ahead and put that one to bed? Yeah, it, that just needs to stop. Like there was a thing today. Bill Barnwell wrote a piece, you know, about ten possible NFL trades, and he said the Browns trading a twenty twenty first round pick for Trent Williams. It, Trent Williams is talented. There's no doubt about it. But he's getting old. He's not worth the first round pick. He hasn't played football in a year, and who knows what kind of game shape he's in. And the Washington Redskins, who are the worst-run organization in pro sports, and they made that apparent again today by firing a coach five games into the season when he's not the main issue there. They said they're not trading Trent Williams. So put Trent Williams to bed. It's not going to happen. You, I know everybody says that he's going to come in and just make this line better. He's not. I think the Browns have to make do with what they have. Maybe they need to reshuffle something, put McCray in at right tackle, put Wyatt Teller in at right tackle. Greg Robinson's going to be the left tackle until he gets hurt, unless he gets hurt, not and when he gets hurt. We don't want him to get hurt. But we're going to have to make do with what we got and start studying draft prospects. Like, 
Anthony, we might have to get Stephen Thomas on here and just do a whole episode on left tackles because if the Browns don't draft one in April, I would be stunned. Yeah, there are uh, a lot of options uh, in terms of tackles in the draft, and we'll uh, definitely dive into those. And We'll be having a, a lot of content coming your way in, in regards to drafting, so don't you worry about that. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about this defense. You know, they obviously struggled giving up 275 yards on the ground. Uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't really do much to, to beat them, but he hit key passes when he needed to. Um, you know, this is the second game in a row, and I'm going to ask this question to you, and, and you can do your best to, to answer this one. Where uh, where was Miles Garrett tonight besides the one sack that he had? You know, much like the Tennessee game, you know, the, I think the 49ers personnel did a great job of containing Miles Garrett. Now, one time he got through and blew past Mike McGlinchey for a sack. He's got seven now, and he's actually tied for seventh on the uh, all-time sack list for Browns history. So, um, But they did a good job of containing him. And, you know, they only gave up two sacks. The other one went to Chad Thomas, so congrats to Chad. He finally uh, made an impact play. Uh, only took him 17 games to do so. but um, Hey, he had the fumble recovery last week. Yeah, he was also eight yards downfield. What was that? What was what, there's a reasoning behind that? Um, <laughs> but you know, I just think the 49ers did a great job of containing Miles Garrett. They knew the matchup that was going to be there against school, and they planned for it. They had two weeks to plan for it, and they did a great job. So kudos to Kyle Shanahan and the offensive staff. Yeah, you know, it, it's frustrating to you know see uh, players. You know, take it out uh, by a scheme, but you know, Kyle Shanahan is a really good play caller, and I'm sure you know he was itching to, to get back at, at this Browns franchise, and because you know, all that stuff with uh, uh, when he was here as the offensive coordinator is well documented. We're not going to get into any of that, but um, you know, anytime you could bull race a team 31 to three, they are, are definitely for real. They are four and zero right now. Uh, they play the Rams uh, next week, and that, that should be a, a really in, intriguing matchup. All right, as we try to look ahead for the Browns, uh, next Sunday they have the Seattle Seahawks coming to town. Uh, they are, the Browns are 0-2 at home. The Seahawks are playing really good football right now. Russell Wilson is definitely in the conversation in terms of being the MVP of the NFL right now. Um, you know, they had the bye week after that, uh, then they had the Patriots. And the, the question I want to ask you is, you know, we, we ran the poll last week, uh, about, you know, what record do you see the Browns going into the bye week having? And, you know, the options were four and two, uh, three and three and, uh, two and four. But what I want to ask you is after losing tonight, and having the Seahawks and Patriots in the next few games, uh, this team, uh, at, at least to me, is, is staring two and five right in the face. See, I don't think so. And you know, when you talk about Seattle, they are playing really good. Like you said, Russell Wilson's playing at an MVP level. He's right there with Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey in that conversation. But when I look with an early look at the Seahawks defense, uh, 
you know, they can contain Nick Chubb, but their passing defense hasn't been that great. They rank 26th in yardage. Uh, they've given only given up seven touchdowns in five games, which is good, but you know, they're formidable. They've given up almost 400 yards passing in two out of their five matchups. And that was to Andy Dalton week one. And then Jared Goff in week five, who, you know, many will say are in about midway through the quarterback ranking. So, you know, if Baker's going to have a bounce back game, it's going to be at home. It can happen against that Seahawks secondary. And then, Obviously, you know, we hit the bye week. We'll have two weeks to prepare for Tom Brady. And, you know, that's going to be the biggest test is where do we rank in the AFC with the Patriots of the world? Because we obviously don't get to play the Chiefs. So, you know, we get two weeks to prepare for that. We're going to see, A, what kind of team we really are, and B, what kind of coach Freddie Kitchens really is. Because with two weeks to prepare for the Patriots, you know, it's going to be a big game for Freddie Kitchens. And, you know, I think there's a lot of questions going around. I think now, is he the right coach? And I hate to do that five games into a season, but I mean, it's a fair discussion to have. Is he in over his head with all this talent there? And we only have a two and three record. I know we've played some tough teams and tonight was for sure against San Fran, but it just, it, there's questions that need to be asked. And that's obviously one of them. You know, there have been a lot of comments about the schedule getting easier uh, after the Patriots. Well, when, when you're a, a bad team, you, you can't start chalking up wins uh, for your team when you're playing bad. It, you know, it doesn't matter if the schedule is late. You have to take everything week by week. Uh, you know, I know they have the Broncos. Um, obviously, the, the Bills are a lot tougher uh, than we thought going into the season. Uh, then you have the, the Dolphins and you know, the, the Cardinals in there, the Steelers, and, and uh, the Bengals eventually. Um, you, know, you just can't chalk up those uh, games as easy Ws, uh, especially when your team is struggling. So the, the Browns this week is going to be very telling for the Browns. You know, after getting embarrassed for the second time this year, uh, you know, they got blown out in the home opener against Tennessee. Now they've gotten blown out. Uh, on the road to the San Francisco 49ers after getting blown out twice, you're really going to find out who this team really is uh, next weekend against Seattle. You know, if that team, if the Browns come in flat uh, next Sunday, you know, there are going to be real discussions uh, about what you just talked about with the head coach. And I I think that's going to go on uh, this week. Um, deservedly so uh, with some of the questionable things uh, that we saw tonight like uh, Odell Beckham returning a punt late in the fourth quarter being down uh, by four touchdowns um, you know so, some of the other decisions that were made in tonight's game so it, it, the, the questions are, are definitely going to start this week and if they lose next week to Seattle the noise is going to get even louder uh, especially going into the bye week uh, before New England you lose that game to New England, it, it, it's not going to be pretty uh, around here, and, and deservedly so. So um, you're going to find out a, a lot about the Browns and Freddie Kitchens and that coaching staff uh, this week when they go against uh, Seattle next Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm glad you changed your tune because I know last week you had said that, you know, in the second half outside of the New England game, you said that 
you know, you didn't see a game where the Browns wouldn't be favored. We'll just look. Denver beat the Chargers, who we all thought was going to be a good team. Then we got Buffalo, who no doubt about it is a playoff contender. Then, I mean, Pittsburgh, I think we'll be favored in that game. Miami, we will be. Both Cincinnati games, we will be. I mean, the schedule is getting easier, but not for a while. Not until about mid to late November. Like, the next four games are the crucial point of the season for the Browns. And, you know, they at least have to go two and three to stay in the playoff hunt. But we got to take it one game at a time. Seattle's really tough. You know, it's a quick turnaround. Uh, The Browns have to fly back tonight from the West Coast and... I'm sure they'll be off tomorrow, but they got to come in and be right ready to work on Wednesday because Seattle's coming and there are no uh, pushover. Uh, that, that's for sure. And um, you know, Seattle uh, had a few extra days to prepare, playing on Thursday night. Um, thankfully, you know, when we play New England, they'll be on a short week and they will have uh, two full weeks to prepare. So hopefully. Uh, you know, we can start to get this thing rolling, but, uh, you know, when it comes to making the playoffs, you went off all your, uh, all six of your division games, you're in. And they got the toughest one out of the way first, uh, with being in Baltimore on the road. So, you know, there, there's still a good chance that they win the division, uh, based on, uh, who they had to play and where they have to play with having Baltimore at home and then having the, the four between Baltimore or between uh, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. So there, there's still a good chance uh, that they win this division. But right now it, it's looking like that could be uh, – they could be an 8-8 eight and eight team getting into the playoffs uh, much uh, farther from the 10-6, you know, 11-5, 12-4 team that many – uh, that we're predicting uh, the Browns to go uh, this season. All right, Jack, uh, before we get on out of here, is there anything else uh, that we need to discuss? Uh, do you want to touch on the Redskins firing Gruden? Uh, we'll wait till uh, our next episode to do that. Okay, um, sounds good. Give it a little bit more thought and uh, break that down a little bit more. All right. I... Wish you happy birthday. I will not sing for you because you do not want to hear me sing. Uh, take that as your birthday gift, me not singing uh, for <laughs> well, me. So well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, happy birthday, man. Uh, uh, as we get on out of here, uh, you can follow Jack. Wish him a happy birthday over on his Twitter account, at JamieCurryCLE. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at AnthonyJokeyJokey. Follow the podcast on Twitter and on Facebook, at 1085Gridiron. Uh, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review it. We'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, even after a tough loss, uh, I will still leave you with Go Browns. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.